You're coming up to retirement and you're not sure whether to use bonds and if so, how much in your portfolio? Well, today's video answers just this question, so stay tuned for more. Hi everyone, my name's James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast, where we're all about helping you become financially free so that you can focus on what you really want from life. Today's video is all about bonds in a retirement portfolio. We're talking about what retirement is, what bonds are, the types of bonds and how we come to a decision on how we use it in our portfolio. So what is retirement? Well, it's all about getting a reliable money source of income once we stop working, essentially. That's the classical view. And people have different interpretations, nuances to what retirement means, but this is essentially it. So what is the typical investment? Well, it's usually the stock market. And that is because it has generally produced the best long-term returns out of any asset class. And it's very simple to invest in. You can just pick an index fund and you've got pretty much the whole market invested for you and you're benefiting from the returns of that market. The trouble is though, is that in the long, long term, do you get reliable returns in the stock market? But if we're talking kind of less than 10 or 15 years, it's very volatile, big ups and downs, 2002, 2003, massive drops of like 50% in the stock market. In 2008, the same, 50% drop in the stock market. So if you are coming up to retirement and you're already, or you're already in retirement, well, you've got your nest egg, you've got your money sitting there ready to draw on every month, to live off, to have that relaxed, chilled life, not having to work. Well, if you're all invested in the stock market and overnight, half of your money disappears out of nowhere because the stock market halves, well, you're gonna be pretty stressed. You're gonna be pretty worried. You might think your money might run out or you're gonna have enough to survive. And you're gonna to have to go back to work and you don't wanna deal with that when you're retired. You wanna relax, you wanna sit on the beach and you be the colada and, and chill out, right? Or something like that anyway. So what is a bond? Well, a bond is simply a loan to somebody. And the two main types is a bond to a government. So if you're lending money to a government or lending money to another company, they're just called government bonds or corporate bonds. Okay. And that's it. And they're considered to be safer than investing in the stock market, i.e. equity, because the idea is when you lend money to say the government, they promise you to pay that money back. They have to pay that money back unless something happens, serious happens. So generally speaking, the reliability of being able to get your money back plus the return they promise is much higher in bonds relative to the stock market, i.e. the risk of losing money in the stock market is generally higher. So the idea is if we add in bonds to our portfolio, the risk of losing money drops because bonds have a lower likelihood of dropping relative to equity. And so overall, our overall portfolio 
has less likelihood to drop. But on the other side, there's a low, lower likelihood that it's going to go up. Stocks have generally produced very high returns over the long run, but bonds haven't. Why? Because they're much safer. So if something's considered to be safer or less, vol less volatile, moves up and down less, then the, the kind of rate of return that that asset has to give you needs to be a lot less for it to be attractive relative to something like equities. So essentially, less return potential, but lower likelihood for it to go down in value. The other benefit is that there is a low correlation to stocks. That just simply means if one goes up, there's a lot less likelihood, less likely that the other thing will go up or vice versa. So if stocks go down, it's generally seen that it's not definite that bonds will go down. So sometimes both go down, but many years stocks will go down, but bonds will go up. So for example, if the economy is doing badly and people are worried, they're fearful, companies are going bankrupt all over the place and you've got money. Well, are you going to put your money into all of these companies that you feel are really risky? Or are you going to put it into, say, the, the US government or the UK government that seem to be very safe? The latter. And that movement of money from stocks to bonds increases the value of those bonds and actually makes them go up. You can actually get capital appreciation in that asset group, not just the return you're getting from the bonds. So within a bond, it's like you're getting the return on the actual bond, but the value of it can change as well. So they're the main benefits. And if you look at this beautiful chart I have here for you, you can see the red line on the chart, that is 100% equity. That's like your money fully invested in the stock market. We've got the example, we're starting off with a million pounds. And each year we're drawing out 50,000 pounds a year. So imagine somebody, and this starts in 1993, they have a million pounds in that year. Every year they take out 50,000 pounds a year to live off. And that goes up by inflation every year to recognize that. And this chart plots how the portfolio changes over time depending on what the portfolio is. So portfolio one is where we've got 40% equity and 60% bonds. And when I say bonds, this is generally very safe bonds. So government backed, uh, sorry, government bonds from developed economies. And if it is corporate bonds, it'd be very, very safe kind of investment grade bonds. And in that example, you can see that's the blue line in the chart. It's going up slowly, not very much over time, but it does go up. It's going from kind of 1 million in 1992, all the way up to the kind of two and a half million in 2021. So it's definitely gone up in value, even though you've drawn out money, but not that much relative to the other portfolio. The other thing to look at is it's less volatile. So the wiggles up and down within that line are very narrow, okay? So as you go a long time, the moon of your money up and down isn't gonna change that much. So you're not gonna have sleepless nights, you're not gonna get stressed and stuff. 
Whereas if we look at portfolio two, which is 100% equity, just the stock market, you can see here that, wow, I mean, this has produced a lot higher returns. You've gone from 1 million in 1992 to, geez, over $7 million in 2021. And that is after having taken 50,000 out every year adjusted for inflation. So that's pretty big, right? Taking money out every year and yet still money has gone up sevenfold. So on the face of it, obviously you pick portfolio two. That makes sense. You're getting a way better return. But along that path, you can see massive ups and downs. From 2000 to 2003, we had a big drop. We went from 3 million all the way down to less than 2 million. So that's a bit of a stomach churn. Again, in 2008, we went from 3 million down to about a million and a half, a half halving of your value of what you owned. So that massive up and downs can be super stressful. Now in the long run, it paid off and you got much better returns, but you had to go on a journey for it. The other thing to bear in mind here though, is that it depends what timeframes you're looking at. So in this example, if you knew exactly what would have played out from 1992 to 2021, obviously you would have picked portfolio too. It's a no brainer. You're going to make so much more money. But unfortunately, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. Could go up, could go down, could take five years, 10 years, 100 years for your money to double or halve. We have to go with probabilities based on what's happening in the future. So let's run through a second example. In this example, instead of starting in 1992, we start in 2000. Again, we start off with a million pounds. Every year we extract 50,000 pounds a year and that increases each year for inflation. And that's recognizing how much money we need to live off. Well, portfolio one, which is an equity bond split of 40-60, the money is actually going down over time. And in those kind of like, whatever it is, 21 years, it's gone down from a million to almost 600,000. So 40% of your money has dropped. Now, if you're still nowhere near the, the age in which you think you're gonna die, then you might start to get worried that your money is gonna to start to devalue even more. But it depends on your specific situation. But needless to say, it is going down, but it's going down slowly and moderately. On the other hand, portfolio two, 100% equity. Before 2021 hits, i.e. today's date, starting in 2000, your money runs out. So if you're this person starting in 2000 with a million pounds, taking 50,000 pounds out a year, and you're still alive today, well, that's too bad because you have nobody left. So you see my point, you get into a sticky situation. What are you gonna do? You've got no money left. You go back to work. Well, you might be too old to work. You don't not want to work. So taking this risk on is something a lot of people don't want to do because for some people, ensuring they're able to have enough money until they die is more important 
than having the biggest number in their bank when they die, right? Because you can't spend the money in your bank when you're dead. But for some people, it's different. It's about getting as much money as possible because that money would then get passed on to their children or their family or to charities or other organizations that they're part of. So everybody's different in their retirement. It depends on your specific needs. But the classical picture of someone retiring at 65 and wanting their money to last until they die at say 95, then this is the kind of thing people are thinking about. And including bonds just like this, you can see directly in this particular example, it is protecting them. 21 years later, they still have most of their money left, even though there have been massive drops in the stock market and some of their money is in the stock market. So the next thing to think about is, well, what are the different types of bonds? People generally talk about bonds being super safe and a great alternative to stocks, but not necessarily. So firstly, we have long versus short-term bonds. This is to do with the maturity, how long that bond will pay out as part of its requirements. So short bonds are like zero to maybe a couple of years. Medium-term bonds might be like two to seven years. And then long-term bonds could be anywhere up to 30 years, 45 years. The longer the bond, longer the duration of the bond, the more volatile that bond can be. And when things happen or change in the economy or politically, the value of those bonds can go up or down hugely. So if you have a 30-year bond, the yield on it, the amount of money that that person who you've lent the money to is promising to pay you, Yes, that might be reliable and you may know they're gonna pay you the money back, but the value of that bond itself might go up or down a lot. That could halve, but the payments coming out of it may be consistent. And this is something a lot of people fail to appreciate and wonder why these bond funds that they're owning go up and down so much. Especially at the moment, this is very important to bear in mind. For the last 20 years, the yields on bonds have gone down and down and down. They were like 18% not that long ago. And over time, they've slowly gone down. Well, the thing with that is if you already own a bond that has a higher yield, and then all the bonds coming out in the future are at lower rates, then the bonds you own are worth more. So they go up in value. And that's why people have made a lot of money on them. But in the future, there's a concern that yields will go up in time because they're already very low. They can't go any lower. So as a result of that, if you own long-term long bonds or long-duration bonds, you have a much bigger risk that if yields go up, the value of those bonds will go down. So it isn't always the case that if you own bonds, they are less risky than stocks or reduce the risk of your portfolio. So if you're unsure about it or you're worried about this area, it's better to pick short-term bonds over long-term bonds. Secondly, you can lend money to the government or to companies. And even within those governments and companies, 
they are less and more risky types. So if you lend money to a government, generally speaking, you would think that's safer than lending it to a company because the government is able to bail itself out with printing of money and so on. So government bonds tend to be less risky than corporate bonds, but as a result, produce a lower return. But then within that, if you, money, if you lend money to a developing country versus a developed country, then that's higher risk and therefore you get a higher return, but there's a higher risk that they won't pay your money back and you lose money that way. So again, if you're looking to use bonds in a retirement portfolio to reduce risk, generally it's best to pick short-term bonds, government bonds and from safe countries. If you're gonna pick corporate bonds, then you pick very, very safe companies, what we call investment grade companies. And there are easy ways to do this by picking funds that pull together a whole load of stuff that's considered to be much safer than others. And I can link to a couple of examples in the show notes. So in conclusion, equity is amazing for long-term returns, but it's very volatile and you need a big period in time to be able to get those returns, well not guaranteed, but more reliably. So if you're in retirement and you don't have many years left, or you don't have very much money and you have just enough to keep you going, then equity can be too risky for you. And people like to put bonds in their portfolio either by a percentage or a large percentage to reduce the risk and make sure that they protect themselves against what they are invested in goes down in value. And if you pick bonds, you want to be using safer bonds so that, again, you're reducing the risk by using them rather than increasing the risk of your portfolio. But how do you decide what you want to specifically invest in? What ratio of bonds to equity? Well, Visualizer Portfolio is a great tool. It's a website online and the charts that I showed you are using that tool and I'll link it in the show notes. And what you can do is you can run through different scenarios that played out in the past based on different weightings of bonds and different types of bonds and equity and you can see how they perform and how that affects somebody's wealth over time. If you're struggling to decide and you want the kind of lazy easy approach then Vanguard has got a great tool. The tool is Vanguard Target Retirement Age Fund. And essentially you pick the fund that has the nearest retirement age for you. So if you're retiring at age, say, I'll give you an example here. If you're retiring at age, say, 2035, which is the bottom left example, what it does is it has a specific equity versus bond split that it thinks is best given when you're planning to retire. In this example, 69% in equity, 30% in bonds. But what's important to see is, as you can see the retirement ages coming nearer to where we are now, 2030, 2025, you can see that the higher percentage of the portfolio is in bonds. So what essentially 
Vanguard is doing here is that over time, as you get closer to retirement, they will automatically increase the percentage of your portfolio into bonds and out of equity. The logic here is that in time, you want to reduce the risk of your portfolio. When you're early on in your career, in your life, and you've got many years ahead of you, then you can allow for that big volatility and you can focus on getting as much money as possible, biggest returns. But as you get closer to retirement, you wanna reduce the risk, reduce the volatility, and it's being done here by moving increasingly into bonds. Well, let's see how this actually impacts things. So here we've got two examples. Somebody that's invested in a target retirement 2025 fund and somebody else with a target retirement of 2045. So the first one has more in bonds, in fact, double the amount of bonds as the second option. The chart below shows the returns each year for the last five years. And what you can see is that the returns up or down are less. So it's smoothing out the curve. So in 2019 to 2020, the loss in that particular year was just 3%. In the 2045 fund, the loss was 6.4%. So you can see here roughly a double in the loss in that particular year. And that makes sense because there's a higher bond ratio, which is less risky and less prone to dropping in value. But the consequence of that is in the last year, only 21, well, I say only, a 21% return was achieved in the 2025 fund and a 29% return in the 2045 fund. Both are exceptional, but the one with a higher equity split has a much higher return. So you can see a point blank, you're getting higher returns in good years, but less, uh, less drops in bad years. I'll finish on giving you my perspective on what I personally do. I'm a big fan of early retirement, not the classical view. The classical view is working hard for 30, 40 years, building up a big pot of money, getting to 65, and then retiring and then living off that pot of money for 30 years until you pass away. For that model, the classical kind of equity bond split of high equity at the beginning, slowly becoming high bonds at the end makes sense. And it is the traditional approach. But I challenge that. And if you're young in your life and you are focused on building wealth and you can have flex within your system. You can go back to work if, you, if your returns drop or you're already working knowing that you have enough money to retire but you choose to still work because it's important to you, you find it fulfilling, you find it valuable, you find it interesting still building wealth. Then that gives you a lot more flexibility and a lot more freedom. So you have the ability to still be able to build very strong returns in your portfolio, even though you're technically retired. 
So I go back to this chart here where you can see that if a person retired in 1992, right? Still drawing their money out each year, because there's longevity there, they've still been able to produce very strong returns in the long run because they've allowed themselves to be in equity. You only get into a situation where being in a risky approach to investing can cause you to run out of money when you're relying wholly on one approach, which is stopping work and never working again and being restricted in the timeframes you're choosing. So that's fine if that's your approach, but if you want to expand that and create bigger opportunities, then I would encourage you to think outside that box and look for alternative ways for you to be able to work through your retirement and have better opportunities. Guys, I hope you've enjoyed this video. If you did, please do give it a like. Subscribe if you want to check out my future videos. Let me know in the comment section below what your thoughts are. I would love to hear from you. If you want future content on something else or link to this, let me know. I'm more than happy to look into that too. That's all from me. Take care. Bye-bye.